the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach at Professional Presentation Services. And with me today is Igor Ilinsky. He's a founder, a tech entrepreneur, and he's a, a Taoist, which for those of you outside the digital asset and cryptocurrency world, it's going to be interesting to, to go down that rabbit hole and learn a little bit about that. Igor, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And you're one of the more, uh, I don't want to say my other, my other guests are not interesting, but you're definitely one of the more interesting, especially to my, my listeners who are of different uh, professions and, and in industries. I'd really love for you to clarify that last point. Can you tell our listeners, what is a Taoist? Yeah, sure. So a Taoist is basically just a person who believes in the future of Taoists. DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations, which basically just means that they're a means of building a company or an ecosystem or a community that is more equitable to its members than the traditional way of doing that, which is through corporations, board of directors, C-suite executives, multiple levels of directors and VPs. It's more of a flat organization. It's one where the hope is that one day the uh, technology can help facilitate day-to-day -day operations of the business so that the individuals can focus on their core contributions. But everyone has a say in what the business does and how it operates, or if it's in an investment vehicle, what it invests in, or if it's just a community, what the community aims to do and the goals it aims to achieve. That's awesome. That's um, yeah. Thank you for that in-depth uh, explanation. Some of the guests that we've had on, they give like a one-liner, and it's like, okay, I guess that's the end of it. But no, we appreciate the uh, the details. So, uh, I guess the the next question for you is, what do you do? What's your day to day like now? Yeah. So day to day changes from day to day. Um, the nice thing about being a Taoist is that the majority of my work. Uh, is not all in one uh, specific project or one specific um, activity. So I'm someone who has, I call it business ADD. I'm an entrepreneur and I constantly have ideas and various things that I want to work on. I'm also a technologist. So I have the ability to write code. I have the ability to architect technological systems. Um, so ultimately that gives me the opportunity to work on a lot of things. And I tend to get bored with uh, things from time to time. So being a Taoist means that I can be part of a number of different organizations. I can uh, help a number of different causes. I can work on a number of different technologies. And basically the way this works is that when you become part of an organization or a community, you uh, join their Discord. Discord is a, an app that allows you to communicate. Um, you join their Discord or Telegram, uh, you join their community and become an active voice in it. Uh, eventually, you buy up tokens or earn tokens from that community. And tokens are basically just the mechanism of exchanging value. So as I become a token holder of a variety of different uh, 
communities, I can then contribute to those. And the idea is that my contributions will ultimately increase the value of those tokens, my contributions and the contributions of others in that community. And ultimately, we can use those tokens to exchange for other things of value, like cryptocurrencies, uh, like Ethereum or Cardano, or even Bitcoin, um, or being able to convert that into fiat currency and being able to buy groceries and do whatever other things you need to do. So ultimately, um, depending on the day, I may be involved in a number of different activities. I may be doing technological architecture. I may be doing design work. I may be doing development work. I may be doing uh, brand building. I may be doing, uh, you know, community building, or I might just be doing education like this and just you know, talking to people and getting the ideas out there and making sure that they understand the virtues of what we're trying to do, because ultimately it's better for the world at large. That's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I guess, I know you said a lot there. I'm going to pick one part of it because I, I really want to zo zoom in on this. What is, you mentioned you have ADD. You mentioned that you, you get tired and bored of doing some things and you want to jump to something else. What is one aspect of your job that you never tire of, that you love doing every single time? Yeah, innovation is what I love doing. I love solving complex problems. And generally speaking, someone who uh, has sort of a skill set that I have and the uh, generally the connections or uh, I would say the, the focus on different projects that I have um, is uh, in a position to change the way people think about things. Um, technology is complex. Technology is hard. Technology is something that doesn't always play well with society, um, doesn't always give people the right motivations. Uh, technology has the ability to create imbalances. Uh, it has the ability to really tip the scales in favor um, in some ways. And what I need to do is try and focus my efforts on making sure that things are architected properly, that things are architected with an eye towards uh, where, where can the inequities come from? Where can people potentially find attack vectors? Uh, for hacks? Where can people find ways to manipulate a system? And these are things that go back to the core of my, you know, youth and my upbringing. Um, that is something that is inherent in, in my DNA that I can't get away from, which is just figuring out innovation in a safe and responsible manner. When we talk about innovation, I mean, innovation is a word that it basically it's a it's a form of i would say productive creativity um so if we're talking about innovation do you have any kind of process that you go through that helps uh, propel or helps stimulate innovation you found effective or do you is it a new process every time you start yeah so um i would say that i certainly have a process i don't know if it's the best process but um where I start is just by brainstorming within, within my head. So I, I take notes. Um, actually, the notes app on my phone is one of the 
um, most used apps. If you look at, uh, you know, the iPhone these days will tell you which apps you use and for how long. I use the Notes app a tremendous amount, and I've got probably a couple hundred notes in there because anytime I have an idea or I experience something, um, I start to process engineer, which means can this be made more efficient? Can this be made better? Can this be made fairer? Um, and that happens, you know, for me, regardless of what I'm doing, whether it's uh, sitting at this co-working space where I'm thinking like, oh, they should have these monitors that everybody can just use so that all they have to bring is their laptop or uh, a USB card and plug that in. And that's their computer. And they, they can just use, you know, uh, monitors and keyboards and mice from here, right? I'm just like process improvement is I'll go to a restaurant and sit down and start thinking, oh, well, they could really improve this flow. Um, you know, I've owned restaurants, so I, I have some insight into a lot of different things. And so my mind is always thinking in terms of process engineering, where can this be made better, uh, faster, more equitable? Um, and so I start my process by just taking notes, making uh, notes about ideas that I have and starting to sometimes draw out things. Um, I like doing engineering for physical things, too. I um, essentially built my own house, so I know about construction and things like that. So I'll do drawings for for things like that. And ultimately, um, the next step is going outside of my bubble. And this is the hardest part. And I think for a lot of people, we enjoy the excitement in coming up with creative ideas, but we don't know how creative those ideas are until we interact with people that also may have had those ideas. And what I found is that for the majority of ideas out there, um, people have the same ideas over and over and over again and have like this feedback feedback loop within their minds um, where they keep reinforcing these ideas within them. When within themselves, but not opening up to uh, the general public. And um, you see this a lot when people are like, oh, well, you know, I have this great idea for a business. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, I can't. I need you to sign an NDA. Um, okay. <laughs> if you're going to ask everybody to sign an NDA, then you're not going to find out whether or not your idea is actually unique or novel. And what ends up happening, because I'm in the blockchain space and a lot of my work is based around tokens and tokenizing and tokenomics and taking things and fractionalizing them is that, you know, the first thing pe most people think, I'd say 80% of people that I talk to about blockchain will say, well, I had this great idea. I want to tokenize real estate, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, if you think about like, what's the most expensive uh, thing that people buy, that most people buy, that's a home. Um, and wouldn't it be great if we could just fractionalize real estate? Like, yeah, that'd be amazing. And everybody has this idea. But what people don't realize, because they exist in, in and reinforce these ideas within their own feedback loop, is that basically, everybody's had this idea, but it's much harder to actually implement because everybody lives in a different jurisdiction and different jurisdictions have different laws and they have different means of transacting property and they have different rules around who's allowed to and, and what they need to do in order to do that. And it's not just as easy as taking something and just minting a token and fractionalizing. Um, so anyway, this is one of the things that I think is, is critical is take your idea and put it out there in the open. I don't care how much time you spend on it. I don't care how innovative you think it is. Putting it out in the open does two things. Number one, it gives you the ability to determine whether or not it's actually unique and different or has somebody already 
thought of this? Has somebody tried this and failed? Has somebody proven that it's impossible to do? These are things that you really need to do early on in the stage of an idea um, so that you can get it out there. Number two is that if somebody or else already has tried this, you can get assistance in building it out. Um, you can get, um, you know, some other people who are passionate about the same idea and build a DAO and build uh, a mechanism by which it's decentralized and everyone can contribute to it and try and make it better over time. But ultimately, you have a, an opportunity, a path forward to create something without um, a tremendous amount of risk because you're taking out all of your potential competitors by just bringing this out in the open and saying, hey, help me build this. Right. And there's a third ancillary benefit, which is you actually get to define yourself as the originator of the idea if you put it out there, um, because you can prove these days when you posted something, when it was indexed by Google, when something went up on Discord, when some message went out, when some blog post was posted. Right. These are things that are out in the open. And by putting your idea out there, you're saying, hey, I'm establishing myself as the originator of this idea. And you may find out that there is an originator or you may find out that there isn't and you really were the originator. And that's very powerful. So ultimately the idea of trying to keep ideas secret and trying to um, wait for the perfect moment to expose them and trying to build a perfect team around them um, to me just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but Ultimately, that's what my process is, is first think inside my head, then get as far outside my head as possible. It's fascinating. Fascinating. I have, I have a follow-up thought that I, I couldn't help but before I, I'm writing this down so I don't forget. I want to ask you about your background in a moment. But well, while you were explaining that this, you know, their, your process, I had a flashback in my mind. I remember when I was younger, having an idea of a company and a friend to of something innovative and a friend of mine had a, also an idea i guess around the same time and he had told me i said yeah i got this great idea and he says don't tell me you know write it down and, and mail it to yourself so that you know you can always prove you know one of those and i'm young so i yeah. don't really know but it was one of those things yeah you got to make sure yeah. that no one else can steal we, your idea right and we used to do this with audio cassettes. Um, when I was growing up in New York in the 90s, we used to, I was in a band and we would play music and everyone would tell us, you record yourself and then you send it to yourself. So if you ever have to go to court to prove that you wrote the song, you have to open that envelope in court, which theoretically makes sense. But it's ridiculous that that's what we had to do. <laughs> I know. And that's when you were talking, that's what I remember the lengths going to uh, at, the, at the time. I was like, really? I have to do all this? Someone's going to steal my ideas. It's not okay. And then come to, you know, you get a little older and now you got, I got some gray in my beard now. And I've worked with a lot of startup companies and I've seen the ones that are successful. You know, for every one that's successful, there's like 200 that, that fail, that don't make it out of beta. And you realize that you know what an idea by itself is just that it's an idea right the the effort to put the the wheels in motion and to bring it to fruition is so it's astronomical people can't comprehend how much work will go into materializing that until they're in it and i think that's why a lot of ideas don't get realized 
but I'm curious, just a quick follow up to you. Do you think that people keep it to themselves in their head? Do you think it's a genuine fear that others will, their, their idea will be stolen or do you yeah. think it's, they don't want to put the time and effort in like they're, they're kind of holding themselves. Well, back. What do you yeah, think? it's two. it's, it's both of those things actually. And I think that it, it may even be uh, equal parts, but in some people it's more one than the other, but really what, it, what I find it is, is that um, number one, our society has this mechanism of making us feel like we, you know, like we, we're not good enough because we constantly see people who are isolated um, come up with some kind of idea, become billionaires. And then we're all like, damn, that's so easy. Why didn't I think of that? Right? <laughs> like, this is the first thing that everybody thinks. Why didn't I think of that? Well, maybe you did think of that, but you didn't have the initiative to, to take it forward. But more importantly than that is that the people, the stories that were told are so sensationalized that we're made to think that people pop out of nowhere. Like Jeff Bezos just, you know, decided that he was going to scrounge together a couple of pennies and put together the world's largest bookstore online. Um, you know, we can forget the fact that Jeff Bezos came from a very wealthy family with uh, a mother with a lot of connections. And, you know, we can forget the fact that, that um, you know, whatever it was like, Bill, we can forget that a lot of the things that led people to that point in their lives where they became billionaires were not just functions of them uh, having an idea. It took a lot more than idea. Right. It took a lot more for Elon Musk to build out SpaceX and Tesla than just having an idea. As a matter of fact, Tesla wasn't even his idea. Right. Tesla was started by two other people. And basically, Musk came in and said, no, this is what you have to do in order to get this off the ground. And it's proof that the idea is not as valuable as the implementation. So. You know, that's one thing is that people get hung up on the idea of an idea. Ideas, like you say, I think are, I wouldn't say uh, have no value, but they have very, very little value um, until there's some implementation of it. The implementation is a hundred or a thousand times more valuable than the actual idea. So if you're sitting there today thinking, gosh, I have this idea, I think it's like a million dollar idea. That's great. It's probably a $10,000 idea, but once it's implemented, it might be a million dollar uh, implementation. And ultimately that's what it comes down to. But the second thing that people struggle with is um, fear, is really just being scared to go out there and make their ideas known because they're feared of, they have a fear of failing. They have a fear that what their idea is, isn't good enough, or somebody's already thought of it, or they've thought of it and realized that it doesn't work or that it's, you know, too hard to implement. I mean, I talk to people on a daily basis who have ideas and very few of them realize the value of taking their idea and speaking to people about it. If you haven't spoken to a hundred people about your idea, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get off the ground, at least not by you. Somebody else will potentially do it. But frankly, you got to get out there and you got to explore your ideas and talk to people. And maybe you'll find out that, that uh, you know, the idea is implementable, but you're not the right person to implement it. And that's okay. You People have to realize that 
there's a role for all of us to play in a properly functioning society. And it's not always the founder and it's not always, um, you know, the boss or the head or the key decision maker. And if you can find your role, then you'll be much happier in the long term than trying to fit a role that doesn't fit you. So that's why I say talk to people about your idea, because you may need to hire a CEO. You may need to hire an engineer. Most people that I talk to that have ideas, surprisingly, have no technical background, and they're looking for a technical co-founder to help them build out that idea. To me, this is ludicrous, because it's like, you're not going to talk to people about your idea, yet you're looking for somebody who's going to become just as passionate as you about this to help you build it. That doesn't make any sense at all. Get out there, talk about the idea. I really like that quote that you said, you might have what you think is a million dollar idea. It's actually worth 10,000, but the implementation's the piece that's worth a million. I like that. That's a good quote. Yeah, just came up with that. So go ahead, coin that, throw that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, put it on the t-shirt and we'll uh, we'll make sure we get the copyright. Igor Alinsky, 2022. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, you know, to some degree, I don't believe in copyrights. Um, I believe in copyrights from the perspective of um, brands being able to identify who they are and there not being any confusion in the marketplace about who is doing what, right? You should be able to buy a Nike shirt and know that it's made by Nike because Nike has very high quality assurance standards. Um, but from the perspective of, you know, copyrights and specifically trademarks and specifically being able to patent ideas, um, I think a lot of that has led to some of the worst, uh, you know, inequities in our system, like what pharmaceutical companies do and, uh, you know, what some of the big corporations in our, in our ecosystem do uh, that really are not healthy for people, are not beneficial for the long term, and, you know, just provide for an imbalance in, in wealth transfer. So, um, yeah, I, I think these are, these are things that are going to have to be rewritten in the future. I think we're going to come up upon points in the near five to 10 years, perhaps, where people are going to start challenging these things, because we do have a global ecosystem where we can operate companies now. We do have a global ecosystem where we can self-regulate companies now. And we do have an ecosystem by which we can judge whether or not the actions of individuals and, and companies are uh, have the right virtues or not. And that will allow us to disrupt models like our current patent and trademark system, like international tribunals that have specific, uh, you know, rules and regulations. All of that is up for grabs once we have better systems. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting point of view. I'm really glad that you articulated that. So Igor, I, I ask all of my guests this, and I'm really curious, in, in this case, particularly curious to hear your response. You're a founder, you are a Taoist, you are trying your hand at a number of different elements, but for someone to ascend to your level, to your position, you've obviously had uh, different levels of success in your different ventures. So if you had to speak to the Igor 10, 15 years ago, what's one message you would give him? One thing you wish you knew 10, 15 years ago that you know now? Yeah. 
the one thing I would tell myself 10 or 15 years ago is pay more attention to the failures because the failures are the lessons for moving forward and not just your own failures, but failures that other people uh, encounter because it's always better to learn from somebody else's failures than your own. But ultimately, I think people underestimate the value of failure. Uh, people look at this and say, well, failure is something that, you know, I um, want to try and avoid. Uh, and if you do try and avoid it, what's going to happen is, like I said just before, you'll avoid talking to people about your idea because you'll be afraid of failing. You'll avoid taking certain risks because you'll be afraid of failing. You'll be afraid of losing money. Um, and all of those things are potentially things that are going to hold you back from ultimately being able to do what you want to do and meet your life's purpose. And that's the most important thing, I think, is, um, you know, finding fulfillment with anything that you do. And I'll tell you something um, that maybe a lot of people don't like to talk about, but I have a very high um, fear of failure. Um, and you might think, well, you're an entrepreneur. How could you? I mean, like, certainly I've taken some serious risks in my life. And certainly I've, um, you know, now I have a family to feed and, uh, and um, a household to maintain. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a single earner household. So, um, you know, these are things that, that ultimately weigh in, weigh on your decision to take risks. Um, but the reality is, is that no risk is so great as the risk of not taking the risk. And ultimately what I found is that there are means by which you can hedge your, um, sort of mindset or hack your mindset so that you can take those risks. Um, so that you, you know, for me, it's an issue of, I don't like rejection. Um, I built a business, a million dollar business around um, doing agency type work for uh, law firms that provided a great income. But every time I lost a client or lost a bid on a new project, I would go into a deep depression. And I'd spend a day or two um, just in bed, not able to move, not able to um, be active or, or make progress. Yeah, Igor, thank you so much for, for that and for, for everything. Thank you for being a great guest today. I really, really appreciate it. I'll, I'll leave you with the last word. Is there anything else? Is it a last word for our listeners before you go? Anything that uh, they should know? Um, no, I mean, uh, I would just suggest people, you know, follow me wherever I am. I'm not always on Twitter, but I'm Igor Linsky at Igor Linsky on Twitter. Um, I'm on discord a lot. Uh, a lot of people call me Brogy. Uh, and, um, you know, just, um, let's be friends. Let's communicate. Let's keep in touch. Let's talk about technology. Let's talk about Bitcoin and Twitter and, ethereum and cardano and the future of where the ecosystem is going and let's just have conversations and and be friends i think it's time for um you know for people to get out tour the world and um i'd love to tell you about my startup which is listen up which is uh, the hat that i'm wearing right now and um you know we can do that in a follow-up episode but i i'd love to meet your listeners and um you know, help them find the DAOs that are going to make their futures uh, much more valuable and much, much more uh, equitable and um, appreciate, you know, this world that we live in. 
Absolutely. All right. Thank you again. It's Igor Alinsky. You can get to him on Twitter or on Discord. He's happy to chat, happy to speak with you. Igor, thanks again. And for all our listeners out there, we wish you success in all of your future speaking endeavors. Thank you.